0: Hello and welcome to STRATCOM Conversations, a podcast about strategic communication and journalism. I'm your host, Todd Votes. Today I wanted to share a conversation I had with a STRATCOM practitioner. As you'll hear, his name is Micah Black, and he is early in his career at Sterling College, where he serves as the web and visual arts specialist for the college's marketing department. Though he and I work for the same institution, this is the first time I've interacted with Micah beyond a passing hello when we encounter each other on campus. This made this conversation all the more impactful for me, because it gave me a peek inside the actual ivory tower he works in. His office is in a, is in Cooper Hall. Built in 1887, it is a four-story limestone castle that is the centerpiece of campus, home to the Sterling College President's Office, and is on the National Register of Historic Places. The view is incredible, and the conversation was just as eye-opening. I honestly had no idea what the marketing department did at Sterling College. Even though I teach journalism and public relation courses there, and our paths should overlap as we leverage the expertise of each other, I didn't know what they did every day. Now I know. They do a lot, especially Micah. He's a jack of all trades. I learned a lot talking with him, and I hope you will too. So without further ado, here is my lightly edited conversation with Micah Black. So why don't you uh, start off and just introduce yourself and tell me what your role here is. Yeah,
1: sure. So my name is Micah Black, and I'm the web and visual arts specialist here at Sterling College. So what that basically means is I wear a lot of different hats for Sterling College. Uh, I'm up in marketing, and so they need lots of visual materials, both for print materials, as well as uh, videos, online things like social media. And so my job is to help take in all of that content Either by photographing it myself, or having students go out and take the photos, and then I get to call through them and I get to edit them, or I get to film interviews for different departments, and then I edit them. I make sure they look okay and presentable, and they send out a message that aligns with Sterling College in general, and uh, we throw them out onto wherever they need to go. So. If it's uh, for the advancement department, sometimes they want to put out videos that are aimed toward donors or alumni. And if it's for social media, then we generally, you know, try to get a vibe that kind of fits for either Instagram or LinkedIn or any other kind of platform you're looking for. And if it's for YouTube, sometimes that ends up being um, a mix of everything it can be. So, yeah, that's kind of what I do. And so what does a typical day look like for you doing this work? So I uh, wake up at the crack of dawn and uh, I scroll on my phone until 8. And then I uh, I go on in. It's a pretty small department. It's just uh, myself and a coworker, and then a supervisor. And so generally we, we head on in in the mornings. We check through our emails. um just connect with folks who we might have been corresponding with the day before and we take a look at the projects. So that sometimes uh, has to do with, you know, a smattering of really tiny ones like publishing to social media uh, as well as some of the bigger projects like we're getting ready for homecoming or we need a video to send to a few donors or something like that. Or we have commencement uh, where everyone graduates. So those big events are things that we plan weeks and months in advance as opposed to uh, teachers reaching out, reaching out to us and saying, hey, I've got an event that happens in class or I have an event that's happening on campus. It would be really cool if you could come out with a camera and get some photo and some video. And, and so throughout the day, a lot of the time we play it by ear. We, if there are projects that pop up, We address those, and we see what can we use for social media and stuff like that. So would you say, is every day different, or is it all pretty typical? You know, it's got a bit of a template. So um, especially pre-COVID, we would have uh, weekly meetings on Mondays. And then the day is pretty consistent in that we have office time, and then you know we have lunch, and then we, you know, work on projects that we have. But the great thing about working here, uh, you know, having so many hats on, is the assignments that you have they do vary, and different departments will get in and ask for different kinds of projects. So, for instance, the athletics department is a department that reaches out to us a lot, and every year at the beginning of the year we get a huge influx of photo shoots for the athletes where we take a picture of them in the studio doing some action shots and then throughout the next couple of weeks we'll edit them and make sure they look professional and we turn them into pngs with a transparent you know so no background which we can then use for social media posts where we can you know slap them on to any background that we really want to And that's really helpful for the athletics department, and we can use them too for, you know, different print pieces. And so what kind of messaging are you typically creating? Yeah. Uh, So the messaging that Sterling College generally puts out, it it changes a little bit in its delivery depending on who it goes to. So, for instance, a lot of our alumni and donors that we correspond with are uh, a little bit later on in life. And so the way they communicate is a little bit different. Uh, Say, for instance, for social media, they would be the ones that are definitely, say, the Facebook generation or even just the email generation. Uh, Sometimes the snail mail generation. And that's why we have print pieces, too. And so those are very well thought out. Uh, The text is composed by either Brad, who does a lot of our copywriting. He's our supervisor. Or Amy downstairs in Advancement. Uh, for people for social media, a lot of the time it's much more casual. You know, throwing a few emojis, some hashtags, some slang, some lingo, uh, making sure that it's respectful, right? That it doesn't push too many buttons per se, but is light-hearted and uh, it is it en- encompasses what already is a part of Sterling College, which is a very lively, friendly, welcoming atmosphere. And so we just want to be very transparent with each of the different kinds of people. So we're being transparent and we're being authentic. However, the way we interact with different groups of people can change. So sometimes when you chat with, this is, you know, hyperbole, but if you are to talk with a five-year-old, that's different than if you were to talk with, you know, a grandparent. So it's, I don't know if you'd want to include something like that. Um, but the message itself is fairly consistent. Uh, Sterling College finds its identity in... A handful of things. Uh, first and foremost, it's a Christ-centered institution. So while it is an educational institution, its purpose is to teach others in various disciplines through the lens of what it means to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so primarily that takes form of this idea of servant leadership. This idea of Jesus Christ who was the Son of God emptying himself of his divinity and becoming a man uh, just like you and just like me. And so he came not to be served by his people, but to serve us and show an example. And here at Sterling College, we want to take that same example of servant leadership and show people what that can look like. So when we look at leadership in the real world, we don't want to uh, look at leadership as a way to impose our will on other people. But we want to listen to them. We want to understand what their goals are and what the mission of the institution that we're serving is. And to do our best in order to push that out and to better communicate it with other people in an uplifting way that doesn't uh, put pressure undue on them, but holds them accountable and asks them to hold us accountable as well. So that's the biggest, I would say, driving voice of Sterling College. The secondary one would probably be in regards to culture. Um, Sterling College is known for being a very friendly, very welcoming institution. Uh, As a student, you can go to huge institutions like um, state schools and prestigious Ivy League schools, and they have a different flavor to them, right? They've got a different kind of population. Sterling College finds its niche in people who want to do well at their craft, want to learn and to further themselves, but they want to do it in a community where they prioritize community and prioritize interpersonal relationships. I would say the third message that we do push is education and that liberal arts education at that. So Sterling called since it's liberal arts, means that while we don't always dive down deep into certain subjects we only we're currently expanding different master's programs right now which we're very proud of but what we the strength we draw upon is being able to draw from different disciplines in order to build them on each other in ways that normally wouldn't expect it's kind of like using legos you know uh, mixing and matching different pieces in order to accomplish a goal in a way that you never would have thought possible if you only had you know this kind of lego brick or that kind so really finding an appreciation for wearing all those multiple hats. And so that's a complicated
0: and you know, wide-reaching messaging that you're trying to do. So how do you yes. keep that organized, and how do, you, how do you make sure you're staying on point and manage all the projects that you talked about doing?
1: Absolutely. Okay, so in, in terms of managing the voice that we do have, Part of the benefit to being at a small college is you get to, since you have only have a few people working in the department, keeping a consistent voice is relatively simple. In order, instead of trying to communicate with lots of different people, one of the ways we really try to keep our voice consistent is through branding guides. So for instance, when we write out a piece, of um, of copy or whenever we try to design a flyer, we want to make sure that people understand this is Sterling College. This is a consistent voice, so Sterling College looks consistent from time to time that you encounter them. Make sure they have the same colors. It's like walking up to someone and you have you know the same face that you normally do. If you walked up and you know suddenly I looked like you, Todd, people be like, "Okay, you're throwing me for a loop, man." So. What we want to do is to make sure that the voice that they hear is consistent. So a lot of the time that comes from having consistent people writing um, through people in different uh, positions, for sure, that can definitely color the language and the the way we approach, you know, different ways that we interact with people. Um, Another thing that we do is make sure that when it comes to social media, we use similar hashtags. Um... We use hashtag here at Sterling, hashtag Sterling College, hashtag, um, you know, warrior pride or something like that, um, just to say, hey, this is us, just want to let you know that. Um, aesthetically, when we edit photos, a lot of what I do is process photos and videos. And so over the years, I'm slowly starting to learn how to edit photos in a consistent fashion. Another way we try to maintain consistency in our message toward people is constant communication between not only the three of us in this department, but also with other people in different departments. Say uh, we meet up with President Scott Rich at 11 o'clock every Tuesday. And the three of us just sit down across from him in his office, and we talk about how the week is going, what projects we're tackling. We need to make sure that we are collaborating with each other. in that we are over communicating, so we use this application called Microsoft Teams, which is how we communicate back and forth. A lot, of, we are in the same office, but sometimes I'm out of the office or one of my coworkers is out, and so that's the best way that we can communicate with each other as instantaneous as possible. Followed by uh, Asana, we use that for juggling our projects, so making sure everything comes out. That all the things that need to happen in each assignment are knocked out in the appropriate, you know, appropriate way. So. And you mentioned, you know, in the years you've been here, how long have you been doing this type of work? Yes. So I've been serving at Sterling College in this capacity for about three years, I want to say. Maybe coming up on three and a half. So it's been a fantastic job. I'm very thankful to know the folks that have been here. Before that, I was a student here at Sterling College, and at the time I was a student, I was also a freelance videographer and photographer. So before then, I had an opportunity not only to do the standard fair, so portraits and weddings, but also to go overseas uh, to do a few interview videos for a couple missionaries down in Mexico, which was extremely helpful. It's a wonderful learning experience. And a great portfolio builder. So So talking about those types of experiences, did you have any internships that you took part in? yes. Now let me think off the top of my head. The biggest, I guess you could say internship or practicum I received was going down to Mexico. So there were two couples. One of them, one of the couples I was related to, which is how I knew them, and they were missionaries uh, down near Mexico City, and a few hours away from that place in Mexico City, there's another couple, and they both work for the Covenant denomination, uh, which is just a Christian denomination, and they have a few, you know, missionaries over there. And so, what missionaries do is they go out and serve for a couple of years, and then they go back to home base. They go back to wherever they're stationed at in the United States. And from there, they go around to their supporting churches and say, Hey, this is what we've been doing. We're so excited about what Jesus is doing in the lives of the guys and the girls down wherever we're serving. We really want to ask that you continue to partner with us. And so churches financially support these missionaries and then they in turn go out and they're able to continue ministering wherever God has called them. And so what they needed was a set of videos to share to different churches to play before they go up and speak on the podium, showing people firsthand who these people are that they're ministering to. uh, What gets them, you know, excited? What are they passionate about? And uh, either that, or if they're not able to visit a church, or if they need to communicate with people, uh, for instance, during a pandemic year, they would be able to send out different videos saying this is who we are, this is what we're currently doing, this is how we're tackling the challenges of the day. We want to ask that you partner with us either financially or through prayer or some other means.
0: How key was that type of internship in you deciding this is what you wanted to pursue as a career?
1: Oh, it was extremely helpful. It was wonderful. I had been doing videography you know, ever since I was a wee lad in, in middle school or even elementary school, so I've always been doing that. However, when I was there, it was extremely instrumental in teaching me the workflow of not only working with clients, but also working with folks across language barriers and tackling long form video, um, working in a documentary kind of fashion. The videos themselves were only about eight minutes, but we produced a total of three or four videos for these couples. Um, one or two of them were longer videos, which were sit-down interviews, in which we would have B-roll of footage that we gathered throughout the year, or throughout the week. I'm sorry that I was there. And then another video we had was just a B-roll segment where they showed, you know, people. Worshipping and interacting with music as a background just to give a gist of, you know, what missions were down in Mexico So it was very helpful for me. It was a wonderful portfolio builder It was one of the primary pieces that I submitted to the Sterling College Marketing Department Before I received this position
0: And why did you want to pursue a job at the place where you'd gone to
1: school? Absolutely, absolutely now, this is a tough, this is a tough thing um, kind of for me to process through because it wasn't so much of a I desire to work at Sterling College or even I desire to be a videographer. But this kind of goes into testimony territory a little bit because throughout my life, I don't know if people have been so fortunate, but I, I feel like whenever I've kind of come up to a crossroads and I've wondered, okay, God, what's the next step? I don't really know. I don't have a whole lot of peace in trying to dive out and trying to find something. I really need your help. Um, God has been extremely faithful in his perfect timing to provide positions. So I hadn't set out to be a videographer at first. I had only gone into communications because I knew that I loved people, and I loved hanging out with them, hearing their stories, getting to know them on a personal level. And video content was just something that happened to factor into that. I just happened to chat with my relatives who were down in Mexico, which brought me that position. I just happened to go to Sterling College. Um, and as soon as I graduated, Brad reached out to me and said, Hey, the guy who did video stuff just happened to leave here. Do you happen to have anything that could help fill that up? And I did, and it fitted it to a T. tee. That's extended beyond this particular job down to how my wife got her job here at Sterling or in Sterling at a local church. And we just know that, you know, God's timing is perfect. So So do you have any,
0: you know, so did you have any sort of like career aspirations
1: or dreams that you wanted to do? Yeah, yeah. So my biggest aspiration when I think on it, my biggest aspiration is to take what I'm given and to work with it as well as I can. So that was something that served me very well throughout my schooling career. Uh, For instance, I would take uh, lots of communication courses and I found them extremely interesting. I loved how people interacted with each other and all the ideas behind the haptics and uh, body language and, and the way people talk and, and how that communicates and um, so I, I love that so much I thought that was so much fun um, and then you know and so I worked at that as well as I could um, and then people came up to me and said hey I've got video projects for you can you do them yes I'm very capable of doing that I've been doing video stuff since I was a kid so I said sure I can do that and so every project that came my way I just wanted to make it my goal to work at it as well as I could and that's where I found a lot of my aspiration to take anything that God sent my way and to say okay God um, you know I, I want to give this to you I want you to work through me and I thought there's you know and through that I was I don't know how to really talk about that um Yeah, I guess it's kind of counterintuitive to the way that, I guess, uh, people who are trying to establish a five-year plan work, and I understand that generally in the eyes of the world, that's not the best way to go about things. Uh, All I know is that it's worked extremely well. I know a lot of people that say, I want to go into this particular field, and they work at it as hard as they can only to realize having been in the field for a few years that is definitely not for them and they realize that they feel like they wasted their life because they placed that as a target on on a pedestal and so when they got there they realized it was like any other place and then they either had to come to terms with that or they had to cast their vision onto somewhere else and so you can find people who are Have a lot of natural ambition that kind of launch themselves into one career thinking that it's going to bring them fulfillment. And then they get there and then they realize that they're the exact same uh, emotional place that they were before. And so they cast their eyes on another place. And that's why you have occasionally people hopping from career to career uh, and lifestyle to lifestyle. So I guess it's been more my ambition, more to be content and to work as well as I can with what I've been given rather than to try to find fulfillment in external jobs or external possessions. In videography there's this idea of gear acquisition syndrome which is called gas and the basic idea is that sure you got a camera you know it takes pictures it does video but look at this stuff it's awesome it can record in you know 10-bit 12-bit 15-bit it can record infinite dimensions you know you can peer into the ether you know it's only got to an arm and a leg and people buy that equipment and they're like this is amazing and then they're like oh yeah but that thing over there that they made in you know 2023 that's fantastic and so they sell their stuff on ebay and they go get the next thing and what that does is that actually kind of kicks them in the butt because they don't get used to the equipment that they have And they can't draw out satisfaction from what they do have, and they can't become creative. Because you and I both know that in order to be creative, you have to have some sort of constraints to work with. And you have to wrestle with stuff, and that's where you find the spice of life. That's why you get to wear multiple hats. You know, you don't just do one thing over and over and over again. You get to explore stuff. You get to, you know, find the spice of life in that. And that's what I love, you know, being here at Sterling College. Uh just doing those multiple hats. So, I've been able to do voiceover stuff. I've been able to do video stuff, photography. I've been able to interview people occasionally. I've been able to write pieces too. Social media, advancement, athletics. So That's mostly me. So So do you plan on staying in this field then? Is mm. that the is that a goal or That's a great question. Well, I've been wondering I'm really excited to do video stuff and, and creating media things. I, I recognize that I've been gifted this ability. Uh, that said, I know that, you know, people are flexible and people have way more giftings than they think that they do. And so I am okay with going outside of the sphere down the road. I'm not sure what that looks like. I wouldn't be surprised if media production and if communicating with people happens to be an element that I frequently draw throughout my life. I recognize God gives us different talents that we dip into in different ways. Um, I'm very thankful for the position that I'm at Sterling College and find it very rewarding, very fulfilling to be at an institution that really believes so many things that I believe too. But I recognize that sometimes God calls us to different challenges and he asks us to you know tackle different Goliaths and to walk with us every step of the way through that and I know that down the road I I might shift I don't know but that's part of the adventure and it's part of what I love something I have been exploring a little bit more is uh, something related to uh, narrative filmmaking and not by my own uh, effort really you know at Sterling College you develop or any college you develop lots of different relationships and you know your skills kind of meld with different people so while uh, at Sterling, I met a friend of mine named Christopher, and he happens to be phenomenal at screenwriting. He happens to be really, really good at narrative development. And so over the past few years, occasionally, he'll reach out to me with a bunch of scripts. And so we get a bunch of actors. We draw them from all the corners of the world, uh, the United States, I guess you could say, and we put some stuff together. I could see that leading us down the road sometime. I know that he's got aspirations for putting together one or two few Future films, I don't know what that would look like, but that would be something I'd be excited about.
0: Have you entered? Any, have you and your partner entered anything into like film festivals or anything? Yeah, or?
1: we did. We haven't done it as much as we should. We our first project that we worked together was a student film, and we submitted it to a student film festival in this podunk place called Ponca City, and it was the Bison Bison Film Festival, and it was awesome. This was a tiny town, but they went all out. Like, this was the town, you know, like summit of the year. They loved it. And so we got there, we got to meet tons of people who were like way more talented than I would be or Andy would be for script writing and video stuff. And we thought that was awesome because suddenly, you know, we, you know, at Sterling College, you might feel like there's a little bit of a skill cap. You're not sure what's out there in the world and suddenly you're exposed to so many ideas and such a higher quality it's asking it's kind of like them asking you to be accountable for the gifts that you've been given and ask you to really stretch i thought that was a fantastic experience andy and i both found it very helpful so in the future whenever we create films we constantly want to be improving upon our quality we did create a set of really fun short films two years ago and it was just before the pandemic hit which was rough so we had finished up five or six short films one of them you know spanning anywhere between one minute and about eight to ten minutes in length Uh, and unfortunately because of the pandemic they weren't having too many festivals Uh, but this time around lord welling we'd love to submit some of them to share it with people Um, I do freelance stuff sometimes Um, a lot of the like I said um, you know sometimes you get stuff you know thrown on your lap and you're not really you hadn't anticipated it but they're fun projects so living in a tiny town or living in any town really a lot of the time business comes through word of mouth and so families will recommend other families take photo portraits with you uh, or senior portraits, or weddings, I've had a couple of nonprofits come up to me and ask if I can create promotional videos for them, and so I say, sure, why not, and so I go out, I film them doing their interviews, and, um, you know, you don't really say, this is me, this is my project, a lot of the time you don't have to, because it's such a tiny town, they're like, oh, it's a it's a video piece, who did it? Probably the town videographer, right, so, So then, you know, you have these varying interests. Yeah. How do you feel you've grown? Mm, Okay. Yes, definitely. I would say on a technical level, on a professional level, I've learned a lot in terms of video production. Sterling College was fantastic in getting my feet wet in lots of different disciplines. And from there, I was able to go into this job, which in turn was great at getting my feet wet in multiple different disciplines of media production. So it's a little more narrowed down, but over these past three, three and a half years, I've had an opportunity to really explore this idea of lighting, of audio production, of post-production, of color correction, of story building in ways I hadn't been able to before. So, for instance, uh, because of the pandemic, we had to put one of our shows that we do at the college, one of our theater productions called Carousel Online. And this was super foreign territory to any of us. And so what we got, and something on top of that was it wasn't a traditional uh, show because normally you think of a show, the audience sits on one side, and then everyone acts up in front on stage of you. This one was different because it's in the round, this idea of carousel. Basically, it's a big circular platform that everyone acts on top of. It's kind of like you're at a circus, and people are watching from all different angles. And so we had to wonder, how the heck are we going to record something in the round? How are we going to put together a cohesive story and make sure we have all the coverage we need, all the audio recording that we need, uh, in order to pull this off? And so that was Awesome! It was such a cool way to explore, putting together, matching up different cameras together, matching up action to making sure that people understood what was happening. Um, so there was a lot of planning that went into it, and then the execution was just a blast. It was fantastic. It was a whirlwind of like two days of filming. And then after that, we had... A really quick turnaround of relatively two weeks where we had to stitch together from multiple camera angles and multiple audio sources a two-hour production so that's the closest thing I think I've gotten to to putting together a future film and it was awesome I loved it so would you say these types of experiences
0: have helped in terms of organization and planning yes or, or was that something you already felt you were confident in prior
1: Yes, I am okay at organization. I am all right. I'm the kid who will tidy up his room, but, you know, if, if you look really close, to you recognize, like, some of the stuff is shoved under the bed and some of the, you know, you don't really know what you threw under the drawer, but you can't see anything, so you know where it is. So that's my level, by default, of organization. And so as a videographer, you're dealing with gigabytes and terabytes and thousands upon thousands of, files and so as a video guy you really have to make sure that you at least know your way around your own system right especially if you have multiple people working with you so if you're to work at a larger institution it would be paramount to make sure that all the files fit exactly where they are to a t Um, as it is um, sterling college has been great at teaching me and reinforcing this idea of not only being tidy and making sure generally where you know it is, but uh, knowing exactly where everything is, so you can map out files in case people need photos, uh, making sure that all your passwords are you know neat and tidy, so you're not asking everybody uh, you know every other month you know what's this password, what's that password. Absolutely, it's been great for learning uh, structure and uh, organization.
0: So what is something that you wish you would have known Mm. at the start that now
1: you know? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, there are lots of different ideas and concepts and, you know, in skills that, I mean, I wish I could have known from the get-go, but, you know, you got to start from somewhere. So with video production, you start with the camera. You make sure that you understand how to turn it on and then after you turn it on where's the record button and how do you put it on a computer Uh, so you start up from the ground up and a lot of the time videography is much more of a trade than it is an academic discipline Uh, although there is place within the academic sphere for videography of course Um, so i would probably recognize that I am extremely thankful to have gone to Sterling College for videography. I would not be here, I would not be married, you know, to the wonderful woman that I am if I hadn't gone to Sterling College. However, you know, there is something to be said for recognizing that videography is something that you get better at by doing. Some things you get better at by studying and learning, but some things you really just need to get down into the grit and to knock it out. You need to spend those long hours putting together random projects for people. You need to put you know, together cousins' weddings videos to, to move on to something else beyond that. So. so
0: is that what you would say would be your advice to somebody that's interested in pursuing this type of career?
1: Yes. If you are interested in videography, if you're interested in photography, if you're interested in design, my biggest piece of advice to you would be not to get caught up in... Trying to learn lots of different things before you actually get your feet wet. I would say take whatever equipment that you do have and dive into it. Um, You'd be surprised about what you can put together with just a cell phone and just a regular audio recorder. A lot of the time, the really fancy equipment that you can get with gear acquisition syndrome with gas, a lot of that gear isn't really necessary. Sure it's got some awesome bells and whistles, and it can make your life a heck a lot of in- a heck a lot easier if you're trying to do bigger projects, but you really don't always need it you know sometimes cameras have you know too many features, especially as someone who's just diving into something don't get trying too focused on getting the most advanced piece of equipment because you got to start out somewhere if you want to go into videography i or photography um I know these cameras kind of get a little bit of flack, but the Canon has a great Rebel series. They're wonderful consumer level cameras that have interchangeable lenses. I definitely wouldn't be where I was if I hadn't picked up some piece of equipment like that. It's just a great all-rounder camera. So I would say don't try to get all the fancy stuff. Don't try to, you know, make all the Hollywood budget things. You know, just start small. Start with what you have and enjoy it. Thrive on the opportunity to be creative with the constraints that you're given.
0: So is there anything that has surprised you about yourself or about this type of work? Ooh,
1: that's a good question. Not to go back to the creativity thing. Really, but some of my favorite projects uh, that we've tackled and that we've put together that I found the most fun to put together, um, that I, you know, treasured as what I say probably some of my best stuff at the time that I made it. Uh, it was made with not a whole lot of resources. It was made when uh, things broke, it was made when stuff didn't work the way it was supposed to. And working around those roadblocks have led to some really, really fun ideas. There's a short film I made back in college, um, and it was put to music. It was a very simple piece. It was first person, where you took on the eyes of someone who's roaming around and looking for somebody. It was a very mystical, very uh, mood-heavy piece. And one that I loved and nowadays I still look back on it and while well, I see some of the flaws, I, I see that there's a lot of passion behind it. There's a lot of spirit behind it uh, that you don't always get if you have a whole bunch of equipment. And the reason why it turned out the way it was was because, well, I was supposed to film somebody, but they skipped out at the last second. And so I realized it's just me and a camera. So that piece wouldn't be what it was if, you know, that person hadn't given me those constraints.
0: You've talked about the projects you get to do here in your role at yeah. Sterling College, and you've also talked about getting to do these like creative and more passion-oriented projects. Mm, mm-hmm. How often do do those two things get to
1: overlap? <laughs> oh, man, that's a great question. So I guess this is a bit of a cop-out, but sometimes you have those projects that you have to do, and... You recognize they're the bread and butter projects, you know, you're asking donors for something or you're remixing stuff that you've already filmed uh, to, uh, you know, in order to communicate a different message. But within that, there is something to be said for being creative within those constraints, recognizing that you have to do this, you have to make that thing again and again and again but recognizing that either you can mix it up a little bit for your own enjoyment and also for the betterment of the project, but you can also become really proficient at what you're doing. A lot of the stuff, uh, especially starting out, isn't glorious. You're starting to work your, work your way around the editing programs. You're just understanding how your camera works, and sometimes it's very tedious. Uh, and so it's important to sprinkle out those passion projects in between all that. So... For me, every once in a while, I get, you know, video projects that aren't exactly super high on the creative level. They aren't exactly what we were talking about with filming the theater segments, but throughout those moments, there are opportunities. Like I said, you have day-by-day assignments, and you can go out and you can put together uh, video projects and small photo, you know, things to throw out on social media that can be really life-giving. Okay, for instance, it was the middle of the summer, and I tell you what, we had probably, like, nothing to do, and the next-to-nothing thing was to organize files, and you know how much I love to organize. So I decided, well, shoot, I'm going to take my camera. I'm just going to go outside. I'm going to see what there is. Lo and behold, Sterling College, oh, one of the other things that's well-known for is squirrels, as any other college is. But I said, okay, I've got a camera, we've got a bucket load of squirrels running around campus. So I sat down on the pavement and recorded squirrels, for I don't know about half an hour 40 minutes it was awesome I loved it I went back upstairs we put together like a two-minute video turned out to be one of the highest performing videos we put out that summer if not that year you know it's just campus and squirrels so in that recognize that you know the life-giving stuff doesn't have to be unproductive and the productive stuff doesn't have to be uncreative either. You can find a great mix between the two of them.
0: And we've talked a lot about the,
1: vi- the visual aspect of your role. What yeah. about the-,
0: the web role? Oh yes, like?
1: yes, okay. So as far as being uh, the web in Visual Earth Specialist, uh, what I do is we work with this So I get to not only work with social media, but I also get to mess around a little bit with Sterling College's two websites, which is sterling.edu and online.sterling.edu, which is obviously our online programming. So they're both – those both work on two different platforms. So – Australian.edu runs off of an older platform, a bit of a dinosaur now because it's only like, I don't know, eight years old or something like that, and it's called Drupal. And Drupal is a content management system that is fantastic if you know how it works. And if you have someone who's dedicated to being a web guy, they are like the IT guy when it comes to web stuff, when it comes to putting up the website. Now, if you're like me, uh, you know, running around doing lots of different things, you know, you don't have the expertise, sometimes even the drive to dive into that. And so coming from, you know, just a little bit of HTML experience and baseline experience with, uh, you know, putting together websites and stuff like that at Sterling.edu, I was like, what the heck is this thing, this Drupal? And uh, it's been a continual mystery. It's been an enigma to this day. How some things work, and honestly, you know, sometimes you just want like, yeah, you know, yell at. It. But other times, when you discover like how this piece of equipment, <laughs> how this stupid program works, uh, you feel a, an amount of satisfaction that's disproportionate than what it should merit. So, um, as a guy who helps out with sterling.edu, if people need to put on a new page, if they need to put out a news story, or if they need to update different pages with different visuals, or uh, changing out font or changing out text. Normally, I'm your guy. I'm before you go to the big honchos downstairs that know all the real you know code, the you know the neo, the matrix guys. I'm the guy that you reach out to, and so they send out project request forms, which. Uh, My supervisor was fantastic in putting together where people just send them and bing, a a form would launch up on my uh, inbox in my mail and say, oh, cool. I get to edit, you know, the theater page or something like that. Or I get to throw out a news page or I get to dive into all of the forms submitted since, you know, the birth of Sterling College. And I get to find, like, who applied to the job most recently. So that's something I get to do for... Uh, the WordPress platform, which is online.sterling.edu, uh, a lot of it is—it's uh, a lot more user-friendly, and so I can play around with things and understand a little bit more what I'm doing. Now, you have—you know—you're able to go really down deep into WordPress, but a lot of the time, you can play in the shallow end and get some really nice results. So that's what I get to do for Sterling Online.sterling.edu. I get to mess around with uh, the aesthetics to make sure that. It matches sterling.edu, or I get to, you know, work with, I don't remember if it's Shopify, but something like Shopify, like the account in order to send out different courses. So I'm familiar with that too. Uh, social media-wise, what we do is a lot of the time, well, let's see, our, our four main channels that we use social media-wise, other than YouTube, would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Kind of in that order at the moment. I recognize that there are awesome advantages to really diving into each of the platforms, but we recognize that Facebook is where a lot of our alumni live and thrive, and Instagram is where we kind of want to reach uh, kind of the younger alumni to incoming freshmen. And, uh, you know, maybe someday we'll have to dive into TikTok, but today's not that dark day. So... That would be yeah. right up your alley, though. Idea. Oh right? my gosh, you you betcha, man. I I know. I'm sure we'll be doing TikTok before long. I know we're really behind the curve as far as that goes. I know lots of colleges have used that. Um, I'm not sure how that's translated into students coming on to campus, but you know, it's there. It's helpful. So what we do for our online presence is we use a program called CoSchedule. Other people use programs like Hootsuite. Uh, they function pretty similarly to each other basically you have a grid or a calendar and you get to pick the day that you want to schedule your social media content and you get to draft out the text for it and then you get to throw in your media and so when that golden day comes and that golden hour comes uh, down to the second it launches off into the appropriate place it needs to so that's extremely helpful for all of us in marketing because we can tell we can schedule things out in advance so we don't have to be at the mercy, it's like, oh, three o'clock, shoot, I've gotta publish my Facebook story, you know? So we can make sure that it goes out at the peak times when most people are online or the target audience is online. And how do you determine when that peak time is? We Google the heck out of it. So I know Facebook's got analytics, Instagram's got analytics too. A lot of the time it's also trial and error. We recognize you know what, some of these programs say scheduled at the best time, and then you click on it, and then they schedule it for like 11 o'clock at night. And then you have like maybe a few dozen people see it, and you recognize that's probably not the time you should probably publish your content. So when it comes to social media, what we'll generally do is publish most of our bigger content on Thursdays and Fridays, uh, that's a lot of the time where people, you know, they start off Monday or Tuesday and they're really running and gunning They're trying to get all their stuff knocked out But Thursday and Friday is normally when people, you know, get to have the casual Friday They wear the jeans to work, you know, they sip a little bit more by water by the water cooler They make some more coffee And sometimes they end up browsing social media in the name of professional development And uh, that's where we get to throw out our message That's where we get to share with people what Sterling College is doing interested in how you use LinkedIn yes so we don't use it as well as we could and that mostly I would say comes down to my lack of understanding of the platform that's just myself so from my perspective of LinkedIn I see a lot of people going on it and sharing different stories and different ideas and really finding a lot of community but I personally haven't been able to find instances where I find genuine community on LinkedIn. I'm 500% sure that it's there, it's just that I have yet to find it and have yet to tap into it. So for instance, when we're on LinkedIn, a lot of, while well, you go on Facebook and you'll recognize, oh your aunt, you know, aunt, whatever commented on your status, oh this is what's happening on the game, this is what's happening on the Sterling City Bulletin, you know, whose cat is barking at, you know, like, you know three o'clock in my tree in the morning. Uh, You go on LinkedIn and then you have people saying, you know, I am celebrating my third year working at this institution, and everyone throws in a few clap emojis and say congratulations. But a lot of the time it doesn't get down to the nitty-gritty of living life. And for social media, we want to connect with people on a personal level. We want to be transparent with them that we are an academic institution, but we are an institution full of people who live and breathe and love and communicate and just want to get to know each other and to further our craft.
0: Well, I think that's about all the questions I have at this time. Is there anything else awesome. that you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered? Oh, geez.
1: That's a great question. I don't know. Let me think. Let me process through that. Um, if you're doing video stuff, make sure that you check out, um, really dive into audio, recognizing that a lot of the time listening is half, if not more than half of the experience. Uh, We use a, a, uh, a site called, um, Soundstripe, and they have things like Music Bed or Song Freedom, but Soundstripe is just what we landed on at the time. And it provides a lot of copyright-free music. So whenever you put, um, you know, if you want to make a video, in order for A, it to be professional, and B, not get your pants sued off, is to not use something like Miley Cyrus's The Climb. You don't want to put that. It's not professional. You're going to have, you know, Vivo and all the other people suing you or trying to monetize your content. Uh, you're going to want to find something that... Uh, people will not immediately think of something else when they start listening to it. And for that, stock music is fantastic. A lot of the time, and for instance, Soundstripe lets you download what they call our, I think it's called roots. Uh, basically, you're able to download sections or layers of songs in order to customize the feel that you want. Um, and you have thousands of songs to choose from, so you get you know, tons of options because each piece of music if it's like a harry potter he finds his wand and it's just the right one that fits him every video production that you have you're going to find a song that works better than others by far that's kind of the heart and soul of the media it also provides the logistical backbone behind whatever you're putting together Uh, the either it's a mixture between the audio and Uh, through the music and the audio via what people are saying that generally provides the narrative backbone for any piece that you put together Um, that provides the beginning the middle and the end and the visual stuff is just the icing on the cake a lot of the time Uh, I think that's about it I guess
0: I did, I, one other question has occurred to me: Like, yeah. what? Obviously, you're dealing a lot with the digital realm, mm. but you did mention that you still do printed products. So, how yes. does that? How does yes. that look in the landscape of of marketing and strategic communication, yeah. as far as printed material versus just digital?
1: Oh, you betcha! You know, well, I have been harping a lot about digital stuff just because that's what I I'm pretty familiar with. I cannot, you know, I can't overstate how necessary it is to have printed pieces uh sometimes so uh for instance you know we work with alumni and with with folks that are uh, they were raised and they still a lot of the time their bread and butter is the stuff that they can pick up and they can read themselves uh, as well as a generation that's been raised up almost exclusively digitally and is thirsting for anything of physical value. And so visual pieces have not lost their impact. Uh, I would say that since the beginning of, you know, visual stuff and tech, it's it's very important to have tech, it's very important to have uh you know, stuff like videos and stuff that's digital, but I would say it's becoming increasingly important to have a, a physical presence. I think that something that 2020 and 2021 have taught us is that when it comes to, uh, you know, physical matter of being with people or holding physical things, that has a value that you cannot, you cannot um, overstate. It's fantastic. I would say it's invaluable, and it it really does make Sterling College seem like a place that actually exists and it's not some magical kingdom you know out in the universe next door it It actually exists and it's full of people who actually really care about you and want what's best for you and honestly what's best for God's kingdom
0: well. That's today's show. Thank you again to Micah Black for shedding some light on all that he does and showing how a career in strategic communication can be challenging and incredibly rewarding. Oh, and special thanks to him for volunteering to judge a high school journalism contest I'm coordinating. Luckily, the conversation continued after we finished recording. Having another judge is a huge relief, and having one as knowledgeable as he is will be invaluable to the students in the contest. Until next time, I hope you enjoyed this STRATCOM conversation. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.